So today we've got a very special guest, uh, an ex-Googler, a cybersecurity expert, and a Web3 veteran, Roland from IOTEX. Roland from IOTEX, how's it going? Welcome to studio. The yeah, virtual thanks studio. for having me. I'm doing very well. How about you? Doing good. Doing good. Thanks. So let's jump right in. Um, tell us a little bit about who you are and what your interest is in this space. Of course. My name is Roland Chai. I'm the CEO and co-founder of IOTEX. Uh, my background is tech. Uh, so I'm PhD in cryptography from U University of Waterloo. I spent almost five years in Google leading team for infrastructure and security. And I spent one more year in Uber, basically leading the team for crypt cryptography and privacy. Then started IOTEX back in 2017. Okay. So a, a fellow cybersecurity guy and a man after my own heart. And uh, w what it is, um, or rather, what was it that led you to pursue this, uh, the, the, the idea of IOTEX? What is the driver? Yeah, my, 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 my story is pretty simple because my major is uh, cryptography when I'm doing my PhD, right? So at that time, Bitcoin white paper just came out around 2009, 2008 ish, right? That's where me and a bunch of folks around me, we actually dive into Bitcoin white paper pretty deep because we don't think like a thing as good as Bitcoin could be something true. So that's why we're trying to find the flaw, but we cannot. Uh, that's where I got into, you know, blockchain Bitcoin really early. When I graduate around 2012-ish, there's no such a Web3 industry, right? Coinbase is still like a three-people company at that time. A very ugly website setting up just at that time. So that's why I joined Google there five years. But on the side, I'm always keeping my eye on the, how this uh, industry kind of evolves, right? So starting from, you know, uh, from Ethereum, then there are a lot of like a new project gets launched, the ICO hype. Then eventually that come to the year of 2016 at that time. So there was like a very big wish from people about how the IoT devices, which is very universal to the world, to the real world, can be used and controlled and contribute some sort of value to the blockchain in a way. So that's kind of like a very highly idea of IoTax, which has been formed in 2016. Then 2017, me and two other co-founders, we actually setting up IoTax. Cool. So, so it's so it's um, it's always um, it's always interesting whenever I meet someone that was inspired by the Bitcoin white paper because the notion always seems to be the same, right? There's a there's a sort of um, there's a feeling of enchantment about about like after reading that document that like sparks a certain um, energy in people. Right, so I'm happy to yeah. see that 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 was the case with you. So you so, so you 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 went on and you created IOTEX. And um, one thing we know is that Bitcoin was never meant for for IoT devices. I think that's fair to say. No, it's not. You know, even like Ethereum and all the layer one blockchains. If you look at the market right now, so there are kind of like a you know Solana, Polygon, Ethereum, of course, like the biggest one, right? Bitcoin as well. Uh, but not a EVM chain it has no smart contract. And there's some new layer tools like Abitron, ZK Sync, Optimistic, Optimism. Yeah, none of them will be designed, you know, are not designed for the IoT device because we're talking about have a huge volume of data coming from the real world at almost every moment, right? So that's why like, uh, um, it spent like also us few years trying to figure out the thesis for how IoT and blockchain can work together. 
Yeah, I'm happy to dive down if you want me to. Yes, absolutely. So, like, I'm assuming that I'm assuming that um, you're currently working with like some kind of DAG, right? Uh, um, um, is that is that uh, is that the case, or or is it um, somewhat different? No, no, it's different. You know, so like the it's interesting you mentioned about the DAG. I think the DAG is the first wave of how IoT and blockchain can be combined together. At that time, people were thinking actually, you know. How about we design a blockchain that has a very kind of fundamentally different underlying data structure as Ethereum, right? Um, so which is called DAG, which is like a, a it's a graph basically. Uh, so which will have a very fast or like a very high throughput, very low kind of gas price. And let's do this layer one. So that's kind of like a project like IOTA was started around this direction, right? But like the problem for DAG is you cannot do any smart contract on top of this chain. At least it's very hard, which stops you to have like a lot of assets, which is binding to like the IoT devices or to the real world in a way uh, on this chain, right? So that's basically makes make this chain valueless. So like the approach actually we are taking, of course, after like a several attempt, a vertical experiment, a lot of exploration, a lot of years, uh, is so you should still have like kind of traditional layer one as you know EVM POS type of chain, which is IoTX layer one we do have right now. But you have a should have a, like a middleware. It's trying to, to be you know kind of like the uh, using a tech term. It's like a Kafka in a way, basically trying to funnel in all the data from the devices all the time in real time, then doing some sort of like a validation computation on top of any like a small piece of data which can be computed based on this huge volume of data should be emitted to like the layer one blockchain for some sort of like a token incentives or you know trigger some you know smart contract behaviors. Right. So that's kind of like a thesis we have right now. Um, so that's, that's why on top of IOTX layer one, we're doing like a decentralized, this kind of middleware protocol. It's called Webstream. Okay. So we're talking about a sort of like a blockchain agnostic platform here. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. That sounds like a, that sounds like a hell of an idea, but I, I have a habit of sort of um, being attracted more by the tech first, but let's sort of, let's take a step away from the tech and let's sort of, let's talk about the, the, the value and the use case here. So, um, let's say I am a, a potential customer of IOTEX. What do I do and how do you help me? Yes. So we have a lot of clients, by the way. Um, so our clients are people who want to actually start like an IOT blockchain project. So IoT and blockchain, so they have a new name. It's called dipping, you know, given, you know, this many years of involvement, right? Yeah. Something called yeah, D-E-P-I-N. Decentralized, yeah. decentralized physical infra networks, right? So you must have heard about Helium. Helium is a very good dipping project, right? It has like hardware, which provides wireless com connectivity to nearby devices. At the same time, they have a token to incentivize people to buy, deploy these devices, provide utility. While the utility, utility, if anyone's using the network, will be, you know, kind of value crew back to the token. So that's kind of like a flywheel. That is a lot of deep projects they are, um, <clears throat> they are, they are working on. So like our value prop is trying to provide like the infrastructure for those deep in project to grow. Because dipping is a very important sector, it actually connects like a real world economy and the crypto space. The so crypto space, if you look at crypto space, is just under one trillion dollars right now. But like a real world economy is five hundred trillion dollars, right? It involves everybody, you know, where you live, where you stay, what what you eat, what what you drive, where you go, who you meet, 
it's basically like your daily, daily life. So this is $500 trillion uh, kind of big market. So deep in like this physical infra network could be your car, could be your smart house, could be your you know home camera, could be your microphone, computer, cell phone, anything. That's kind of like a bridge, you know, uh, connecting like the crypto space and the real world economy. So that's why we are super bullish on deep in. Yeah, I mean, no, like you're you're definitely targeting like one of the most um, prominent industries, I'd say, which is set to explode in Web three, and one of the main reasons why it why it hasn't is because of the TPS limitation on traditional chains, right? Because like you like you very well said earlier, if you've got you know like. 100,000 IoT devices and they're all polling, polling a data um, a pool a couple of times a minute, right? Like that's a couple of, that's a couple of uh, like million transactions every minute, right? When you think about traditional blockchains that can do, you know, seven, eight hundred transactions per second, the math just doesn't add up. Even in best cases, best case scenarios like, like, uh, Solana, where you've got, let's say, mm -hmm. 70,000 TPS at the best of times, right? Like at the best of times, yes. assuming the network doesn't get DDoS, but that's a, that's a conversation for another time. Um, like even then you, you still don't have enough throughput to be able to make it happen. So as far as, as far as I understood, if I had to sort of, if I had to, um, Ex, like explain my understanding of what you guys do and what you just said it it, it would be um a platform which acts as a staging environment to be able to distribute transactions on different mainnets at the right time while also retaining some form of decentralized copy at a different level. Is that is that a fair description? Yeah, let me give uh, like a very simple example, right? So say if you want to start like a, a drive to earn type of project, like a demo, basically you have a device, you know, put into people's car. When they drive around, your, your device is actually collecting all the data, velocity, GPS, even RPM, whatever data the car can produce, right? Send it over back to prove you're traveling from A to B, uh, so to earn some token. So this is like a project. It's a real project. It's called Demo. Um, so how do you do this? Of course, you can build like all the layers ground up from hardware, firmware, blockchain, smart contract, middleware, mobile application, web application, so on and so forth, right? So this is a very big tech stack. So think about, you know, very few teams can actually do like a big stack like this. Helium is one of such an excellent team, right? So they can do a big tech stack, but not everybody. So if you really want deep into be or like IoT blockchain to be a real thing to this crypto world, the real world, uh, we have to make this like a big tech stack, like a much smaller. That means like, like a DeFi, right? Even like a solo programmer or developer. So they can do some sort of innovation during the weekend within a few days or a few hours. We want, you know, people to achieve something like this, right? So back to the drive to our example. So that means like if you use WebStream as like the middleware to process your data, you can first tell the WebStream how to process the car data, right? So that's step one. Step two is like you can also like deploy your token on Polygon or whatever layer one you like. IoTax layer one as well. And third one is you just connecting your device to this middleware. It magically produces all the kind of proofs you want for your smart contract on Polygon, for example. Proof of this guy is driving from A to B, so give him like 10 tokens. 
Yeah. So that's our best. No, that makes that makes that makes perfect sense, and I think that's one of the sort of um, the unique things about Web two versus Web three, right? Is that in Web two, this idea of building your own tech stack was was standard, right? It was it, it was the way to do it. But sort of since Web three is is sort of has much more of a decentralized mindset, the idea of leveraging um, from on third party tech stacks. Is actually like like it's 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 becoming much more apparent, right? Because it generates incredible speed to market, like um, a time to market, and time to market in this industry is absolutely everything. Yeah, it's called composability, right? People call it comp comp composability, but it's a more tech term. But I think it basically carries the spirit of like you know, open it up, make it simple for everybody to participate, no matter you're like a you know kind of script script kid, very shallow level of tech. You can still do something, right? See, like uh, Ethereum. Why the why Solidity is very popular compared to all the other sort of innovations in the virtual machine space is because Solidity is so simple. It's basic JavaScript. Many people can do it, even though you're just like a entry level kind of, kind of entry, uh, full stack engineer. You can do it. Yes. Inclusion is very important in the crypto space. It is, it is. Uh, like, I think what what um, uh, most people forget, like, I think the choice of development language is something which which um, uh, which many projects sort of um, omit. And I guess as sort of being this blockchain agnostic platform, that's, that is sort of lends in your favor because you're, you're sort of protocol agnostic out of, like out of the box, right? Um, uh -huh. But um, uh, having a, having a sort of a smart contract language, w which is simple and easy, easy to grasp, is is um, fantastic. What I think is that um, that Solidity is, well, and, I'm, and I'm not by nature a Solidity developer, far far from it. But let's say I've had a few Solidity projects, yeah. and uh, and it's it's um, it's one of those things that's it's sort of very easy to do and very difficult to master. So it's because you, you're talking about, you know, 50 to 100 lines of code, which could be responsible for a couple of hundred million dollars. So, so, and this is, this is a massive problem in this industry, right? Like, is there, is there any way that, um, uh, IOTX addresses the specific problem? Yeah. So that's why, like, uh, you know, instead of this project doing all the hardware, middleware, blockchain, smart contract, and everything. So we kind of want to abstract away the hardware and the middleware. Right. Of course, they, they will smart do, still do the smart contract on different layer ones. That's a token part or reward part. But uh, we definitely like uh, we provide them with a web stream SDK so they can install into the device that enable the device to talk with our kind of middleware, decentralized middleware web stream in a very seamless way. Then they have to do a, like a small like a applet. It's basically like a smart contract put into the web stream, basically telling it uh, how to process the data. Do you want to do an average of like a temperature? Do you want to do our um, some sort of like a sliding window, you know, algorithm to compute something? So that's a part you have to tell WebStream. Then you know, kind of like uh, everything starts automatically. Exactly, and then like and then everything else is is out of scope, which is which is which is as it should be, right? As it should be. Like I think I think yeah. way too many projects in this industry claim, you know, we can do this, we can do that, you know, we can have like, I mean, without mentioning specific names, you know, we can have like NFTs that take over the moon and 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 you know, and with a sort of decentralized smart contract platform, you know, and, and we do NFTs as well. And I'm happy to hear in this case that you guys don't do any of that, which is great. You just focus on your core value prop 
and yeah. uh, and that makes sense. And so it's 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 a it's a it's a launch pad and a jump pad for IoT for decentralized IoT based projects. That's what it is. Yeah, but you know, if you of course like our our focus is deeping and IoT blockchain. Um, but like if you look at like a bigger picture for the industry, off-chain compute is always like a very hot like a holy grail for the entire thing, right? Because you say blockchain can only do so much. So any of the most valuable part of the communication uh, computation will be done on the smart contract or serum, for example. It's very expensive. But most of the computation which we need, you know, for a lot of like innovations, for a lot of like uh, attempts, experiments. So that has to be happen like off-chain, right? So even if you think about those AI training uh, sort of computation, they cannot be done on blockchain, but they can be done on off-chain. And then the model be traded like on the blockchain. Right, so that's why like the web streaming also have kind of it's like a market fade in the off compute market as well. You're absolutely right. I mean, the 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 idea of decentralized storage is something that sort of many people have revered, but few really understand the true consequences of 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 using such such um, technology. And on, yeah. on top of all that, um, traditional compute, I think, is something which most people forget. Like people have no idea that like, just because you own the NFT. Uh, it doesn't mean you own the image, right? Like what, what happens when someone stops paying that, um, a cloud hosting provider, you know, your, your, your NFT goes boom and you're just, you're just holding a hash at the end of the day, you know? Yeah, <laughs> that's why, you know, a lot of, so that's, that's actually come to this data availability problem, right? That means like where you store the data. Of course you can store on Ethereum. That's a very secure, reliable place, but it's very expensive, right? Less expensive, you can go for, like you said, S3 or cloud server. It's inexpensive, efficient, but like you don't have reliability. If someone shuts it down, it's, it's just down. So there are a lot of options in, you know, in, in between, actually, you know, not that expensive, still provide some sort of reliability. So that's, that's where this like a huge volume of data actually should go to. Exactly. And, and, and it fundamentally lends itself to the, to the sort of, to the correct principles of blockchain, right? Like too many people are sort of have this idea that, or I guess now the, the, the idea is starting to wane, but I guess like back in my day, you know, it was there, there was this idea that blockchain would save the world. And I still think it's one of the most revolutionary kinds of technology to ever um to ever hit the world but it cannot do everything it is it is it is only really good for about 10 percent of use cases everything else is much much more efficient on on uh, traditional computing platforms right and yeah that, that's a really good point right so the reason we're doing those tech very high tech is because we want to open like a new innovation space for developers because we all know like crypto is kind of need a new narrative or new use case to grow, right? So DeFi has done its own job in a very perfect way. NFT has almost done its job, to be honest, right? So there are some sort of things ongoing, like a liquid staking, account abstraction, but those are like a smaller ones. Uh, but I think that's what really important is like if we can define a technology, which we think we are. Um, so this will open up like a lot of new kind of use cases, like we talk about at the first section of this interview, that would be like awesome. So think about you will have a decentralized energy store network, right? So where you can, you know, buy and sell your electricity or solar from your solar panels. So think about you have a car network or decentralized Uber, decentralized Airbnb, right? So that actually changed people's life in a dramatic way. So that's how I want to see this crypto actually making a real impact on the world. 
And that's a that's a that's a beautiful vision, Roland. Um, I'm glad that there are that, that there are people out there in the world who are who are actually focusing on real world value, other than uh, other than uh, you know just the, just the price of a token going up and down, basically. Um, and yes, I I I I agree with you fully. Um, for all of those use cases which you mentioned. Um, unless you have a high throughput platform, there is no way to, uh, add high throughput platform that's high, that's on an off chain hybrid. There is no way to be able to support, there's no other way to be able to support such use cases. So, um, uh, so Roland, it was, it was, a, it was an absolute pleasure. Um, thank you so much for your time. And, uh, we, one last question, actually. If I was a developer and I wanted to sort of sign up and learn learn a little more about the IOTEX project, where would I go? Yeah, so there are two websites you should go. Uh, one is IOTEX, so you can see the logo and spinning here. IOTEX.io, so that's kind of like the main website for, for IOTEX. <clears throat> and most specifically, you can do this like uh, webstream.com, W3Bstream, uh, uh, S-T-R-E-A-M.com. So this is like the middleware product we're actually launching this month. So yeah, so definitely like those are go-to places and I'm, I'm sure like my, my colleagues will be there to help you out. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Roland. We'll uh, try and stick a link in the description and you have a wonderful day. Take it easy.